Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of It's All Fine and Dangy. We're on episode 12 now. Yes, we are. A full dozen of those shows in the bank. So if you've never listened to the show before, our show is a focus mostly on community and on how you can give back to your community, as well as a pretty good large focus on different charities and what you can do to get involved in charities. We started the show so that we could get more involved in community and charities, and so far it's working. So we hope we encourage you to do the same. Yes, yes. And we're in our this and that, I say chit-chat over coffee, this and that chit-chat. That's what we're doing this morning. <laughs> yeah, so our first segment we call this and that, or Angie calls this and that chit-chat over coffee, which is... Uh, sounds well, a little... we have decided that we have to do the this and that in the morning. We have to record that in the morning because by the end of the day, we're so beat, guys, and we know you can hear it in our voice. I can I mean, hear it. We yeah. can hear it. I don't yeah. know if you notice a difference, but once you go back and listen to some of the other ones, see if you can... Uh, point out, oh, they must have recorded that at night after a long day in the kitchen. And I will tell you, as a fan (laughs) of podcasts, and that's predominantly all I listen to, um, you know, I love the discussions about intellectual deep dives and goofy, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, pop culture stuff. Oh, that's part of our podcast as well. I always forget to say that part. But um, one of my favorite parts. It's this and that. It's it's a little no. bit of life, a little bit of everything. Sure, but I mean the podcast itself is about oh, yeah. community charity. Yeah. As Bill introduced, kind of everything that we do. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I guess what I was getting at is we, as we're listening to some of those other podcast episodes that we've done late. I don't know if you guys can tell, but as Angie said, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast about people talking about stuff and you're trying to get interested and they sound tired. It's like, yeah, you need the energy, you need the energy in the show. (laughs) So we've committed to do this in the mornings or anytime we somebody who's very monotone and that's just one. Then there's no levels in their voice now. I don't think that's us at all. But anyway, so um, we are continuing our literacy month. We have a theme every month. This month, it's literacy, reading, writing, editing, all that kind of stuff, uh, but especially reading. And um, that's what most of our theme, uh, most of our stuff for the week's going to be out. Quick thing on this and that, though. Our kitchen is almost done. We promise not to talk about it. Enough <laughs> of that, but it's like 98% done. So we will. That- I say we post... The final picture when it is completely <laughs> done. We've Appliances and everything. Yes, we mentioned it so many times. Hey, you know, but one of our Facebook friends, Debbie uh, Brokenbrow Smith. Yep, Brokenbrow. Yep, Brokenbrow. I can say that name. Okay. Um, she's she posted pictures of her dining room and living room and kitchen. Her kitchen is gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. But it took them two years, and then they still have other stuff. That didn't make me feel good, Debbie. That oh, didn't make you know me what? feel good that you said two years because we're coming up on that. Okay. I want it to be over, it but actually, it is probably going to be around two years it, for us. You know, it makes me feel good because I feel like um, there are- Not the only one in the boat. Right. There are people <laughs> that are like, what? We did our whole house in four months, but you know, again, as I- Yeah, I, people, you're building from ground up. That's a totally <laughs> different experience than when you have a house built in the 70s where every wall is a different measurement yeah. and there's stuff inside the walls that it looks like they picked up off the side of the street. The wire. Yeah 
wondering. Yeah. You don't even want to know. Why isn't your house burned down yet? Don't right. understand it. It's and cray the, cray and if you've ever done it. And all that stuff. <laughs> it's and so crazy. Even, home, even friends that have done home renovations, we all have different skill sets with that stuff. Some some people have like a crew that helped them do it. This has predominantly been Angie and I. <laughs> Who don't have any of the tools to make it work. Right. And uh, <laughs> while I feel like I'm a pretty proficient sort of do-it-yourselfer kind of replace things, and so is Angie, she has been single-handedly been doing a lot of this because I've been working so many hours of my day job. So, you know, whatever. It When it gets done, we'll appreciate it even more. Yeah, so, we will. I'm but very anyway. happy right now that I can just cook in there now. Yeah, finally. no doubt. No doubt. We can uh, get back to eating and more so healthy. So what else is up? You started You started reading. I did. I started a new novel. A lot from, of talk about that lately. Well, you know, I committed <laughs> in the last show to try to read and really write every day, which I'm failing miserably at. But I think that's also because I'm really pushing for a book signing for... Um, my second novel, the uh, the lies that, or the lies that bind. No, the I took that off. I took that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my second novel, Lies That Bind, I am working on getting a Barnes and Noble book signing set up. Working with a manager in our local store, it's moving forward, but it's a little bit of a slow process. Um, I'll, I won't bore you with the details, but I guess I feel like I need to finish that before I can start writing. But I have started mapping out a new book. And that's my process. Yes. So anyways, um, I started reading a book called The Ocean at the End of the Lane. And interesting. it is, uh, you know, I asked for recommendations on uh, books to read in our last show and online, and I got a huge list. And I really appreciate that. Um, I believe Jen Lang uh, recommended this one. So thank you, Jen. So far, I really like it. It's very strange. Um, the book blurb is really just, um, I'm going to butcher this, but it's a guy who goes... To for a funeral, he goes back to his old hometown. He goes back to where his house used to be. It's not there anymore. There's a lake out there, and I'm I'm really barely into the book, but it there's a he's starting to have memories of some of a girl in the lake, and it's almost like a Ooh. a girl and her mom, and they said they came from the old country. They swam across the ocean, and the girl called the lake the ocean, and there's something. Neil Gaiman wrote American Gods and stuff, so there's some supernatural stuff going to happen. But so far, it's it's very intriguing, which is tricky for me with a book, and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. I want to commit. It's easier for me if you're reading or writing and we're in that mode. It's hard for me if like a TV's on or something I've yeah. noticed. I don't know why, but, but anyway. we're starting tonight where the TV, Friends is not on. Yes. I and, love it, but yeah. But, you know... I can only read for maybe 20 minutes and then my eyes start going. Oh. I remember that, but we used to do that. But and at then least you, it's 20 minutes, right, right? And you might drop off and I might drop off too. But even if I keep going after you drop off, I just really... Uh, but the thing is, is, if I use the book to kind of lullaby me, yeah, then I don't need to put the TV on. Yeah, true. So you can still continue to read. Just don't stay up till three o'clock in the morning reading, okay? No, I can't do that. Reading <laughs> inspires me to write, though, and so I'm excited about that. But um, anyway, um, that's where we're at with that, and that's really all it is for me for this, and that's what's going on with you. Well, I got some really big news this week, um, You know, and I've had a busy week. I've been helping um, Kim Vander Sanden at My Favorite Things, kind of with some food stuff because they're doing this. They were doing this cool retreat this weekend, and uh, they do like crafting, like making cards and stuff like that. The really I've... fancy cards that pop out at you and move and sing songs and all sorts of fun stuff. Oh yes. So there's a bunch of ladies that come and they spoil them over the weekend with prizes, and it's like Oprah up in there. 
I'm telling you. Nice. They bring these prizes out and these ladies scream and hoot and holler and the energy is amazing. It's really oh, fun. Oh, wow. So I've been just, you know, doing up the food table and making it look pretty and, and everything like that. But my son, my oldest, my firstborn, Austin, texted me and said he needed some advice. And he has a steady girlfriend. So I thought, oh, what kind of advice does he need? Uh-oh. Not that kind of advice, though. Okay. So he got a, re- she got a really cool opportunity with her job right. to move to Maui, Hawaii. Sold. I know, but as a mom, that's a hard thing to say. Yes, go spread your wings, of fly. Yeah. But you know, after chatting with him a little bit about you know him and his girl's relationship, and right. that's good, and they don't want to be apart, and he has the opportunity to go. So you're 24 years old. You have no ties here. You don't have a career. He's just, he's got a job, you know, find a job anywhere. Right. Arguably the most beautiful place on earth. Do it. That's what I said. So we are planning, I'm going to call Taylor's mom, who I've never met before. I'm going to call her and this will be kind of our first chat. And we're going to be planning a going away party for these two because it is coming up quick. Wow. It is. They are leaving. They got a flight on the 24th. They are packing up and going. So I got to get as much of him in as I can for the past couple weeks. Okay. So So, I see excuses to go visit Austin coming up soon. Yeah. So lots of dinners and And then after he goes to Hawaii. You know what? Not to be, you know, I barely see him now. We all know yeah. this, okay? Yeah. He He's like a recluse. He works. He goes to the gym. He spends time with his girlfriend. Uh, you know, he's living life. So is that so a we'll, no on we'll, the trip? No, we'll probably see. Oh, you're saying <laughs> me going to Hawaii. Well, I told him to make sure they get a two bedroom so that when I <laughs> come over, I have a place to stay. So it's bittersweet, but I'm super excited for that new adventure that he's going to be on. And, and you know, who knows? He might find his niche over there, find a career that he loves, and that might be his his new hometown. Yeah. Which isn't such a bad thing. No, it's very I'm, exciting. I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. I will tell you, um, you know, the relationship stuff aside, because that's, that's uh, you know, that's got its challenges, I think, when you're younger. Maybe not for them, but I'm just saying in general. But uh I, all that stuff aside, because I don't really want to dig into that. Yeah. But the Hawaii to me, I've been once many, many, many moons ago. I've committed to the kids to say at some point in our lives, we will all go to Hawaii. Now you, we really have a reason. <laughs> I know. So I would, I, I, to me, Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. You know, and I've talked before, like in Alt, Alt Med Month, I think I talked about the importance of like, being by water yep. and the negative ions. Sure. I mean, they're surrounded by that. Yep. Nobody should be in a bad mood there. He actually did some research and the crime rates are low there. There's a, there is a reason behind that, people, a scientific reason, I'm telling you. Oh, I bet. I, I mean, there's, how can you, I mean, there's waterfalls everywhere. There's just all this positive energy just floating around in the air. Very nice. All right. I think that's it for this and that. And we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our community call out. Hi, this is Steve Altier, author of the Lizardville Ghost Story series, and you're listening to It's All Fine and Dangy. Hey guys, welcome back, and it's time for our community call-out, and we've got a particularly interesting guest today. He's a brand new author, or at least he's he has a brand new book on the way. We'll find out how long he's been writing as we talk to him. That book that's coming out is called Divided and Enhanced 2124, and today we are talking with M.G. Unger. So, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. 
So tell us a little bit about yourself, MG. I'm a Florida native. They're wow, we don't get many rare. of those. Nice, so <laughs> yes, am I. That's uh, great. Wait, so where were you born? Sarasota. Oh, wow. Very nice. Sarasota, then moved over here, started middle school here, and pretty much grew up in Volusia County my whole life and pretty much raised on I-4 because my dad was still on the West Coast. So we went back and back forth, and forth oh, a lot gosh. all yeah. the time. Yeah, until I finally, this year, got to move to Claremont, and now I'm on toll roads all day and away from that stupid I-4. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, one day, it'll, by the time I'm, you know, 70, it'll be all straightened out and cleaned up, I think. Oh, yeah. So, I, what about, like, your family life? You uh, have kids? Yeah, I got I got three little ones, uh, two of them with special needs. I mean, just yesterday, we had to go to the hospital because my uh, youngest daughter, which is three, she um, was unresponsive and was throwing up, and we didn't oh, know no. what was going on, and we always fear the worst. She had brain surgery a year ago because of a rare seizure disorder she has and um she had a corpus callosotomy where they split part of the brain in half which is very difficult to recover from the older you are but her being so young she recovered really quick she was only in two days in the hospital and then back home kids spring right back yeah they really do they really do Mm -hmm. she is much stronger than anybody i'll ever meet and wow. she is doing great now. Oh, wow. She's not talking yet. She's got basically her two first two years of her life were torn from her, basically. Sure. Yeah. But she's walking. She's running around dancing. She says few words here and there. And we've got a lot of therapies. That's one of the reasons we moved out to Claremont. There's a lot more um, special needs departments and uh, opportunities for both of them out in um, Lake oh, County. Oh, that's good to know. That's yeah. good to know for you know people that we meet. You right. know, definitely. With, with what we're do, trying to do with this podcast, we send people out that way. Yeah, definitely. And my oldest son, he has autism. He's a mild on the scale. He's mm-hmm. doing really good. He's talking. It's just getting him to communicate and understand right. Educational wise, he's above his level. I mean, he can already. That's not uncommon to, for. No, yeah. that's not uncommon. Yeah. A lot of them, are, I think Asperger's is yep. the one where they're really intelligent, very socially awkward. So yeah. trying to get him to do eye contact and stuff and therapy earliest is, is key to help them get out of it and have have a very successful life yeah. and that's all we're trying to do now so of course just to do that and keep up a life and then find time to write and, and, and try to is, find time to de-stress as yes, well which maybe your writing helps bring that definitely definitely you. that's why i first started writing um, i've always been an avid writer and doing good in english all growing up through college and um actually one college i started my did english two or something like that and they had a report and it's just gotta be a five-page report and it's gotta be due with this they give us like two months to get it done yeah all i did the whole time was think about it think about it think about it and then the day before it was due oh greg you sound like me slept an hour wrote an hour (laughs) slept an hour wrote an hour did that till seven in the morning wow released it then a week later the teacher stood up and said this paper here is a model paper you could tell that this was well thought out people spent a lot of time on it and i'm looking around the classroom like who is that that's that i want to know who that is and he puts it on my desk i'm like Okay, okay, well, I, here's my niche then, yeah, right? So, yeah, so basically time went by, and I did poems here and there for girlfriends and stuff like that. Never really thought of a career out of it or even tried to write a book or anything. Right. So about when my daughter was really bad with her seizures, and, and I was really heading into a dark place and struggled with some really nasty thoughts. And I told my wife about this story. I've been mulling over for about a year or so, and... And she said, just write it down. You never know what happened. And about great two years later, system. I'm about to have my first book released. Very exciting. Wow, that is that so, is, that's how great a story is yeah. that. 
So you've answered part of this already, but as it relates to the story itself, it seems like a particularly interesting story and very involved. So how, can you, I, the impression I get is that it's taken a long time for you to come up with a concept of the story, but are you saying that when you said you've been thinking about the story, was that really just within the past few years? Yeah, it's it's really, I had an idea maybe at least four years ago. Okay. And it was just a little idea and I didn't yeah. know how to piece it together or do something else about it. And I just always thoughts and I never wrote anything down. Right. Just like it was in college. I just didn't write anything down. <laughs> and then my wife just told me to start writing down and it just took off from there. I didn't have outlines. I yeah. didn't have an end in mind. I just started writing and things just started changing and shifting and complexity. And it is, when I looked at the final draft, I was like, wow, I created that. That's, what Pretty an accomplishment, remarkable. right? Yes, it makes yes. you feel so great. That's like when Dan first started, or when he told me, you know, that he started writing a book at one time, I thought, well, why didn't you finish it? Because if you, if it's just like your passion and it's something you want to do, don't let anything stop you, you know? Because even if one person reads the book, you're an author. You did what you said you're going to do, right? Exactly. I mean, of course, you want way more people to read the book yes but what i'm saying is you know you you reach that or you you whatever i'm trying well, to say I, you know I what guess, i'm trying to say no i know what you're trying to say i guess to sort of piggyback on what angie's saying is that um how nice is it to have someone that it inspires you to follow your dream too though because that's yeah, with your that's, wife supporting you that's yeah. what that's what happened with me whereas i started writing nine years ago or no it's been more than that now so it was like 12 years ago or something. I can't remember well, now. we've only been together for five. So. That's why I get mixed up on the numbers because not including the time that I started, but it was many, 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 I mean, literally many, many years ago. And when I first started telling this story, it was nine years ago, but it was, um, I've told that story for a while now, but this, I was the same kind of thing for me. I told her this, I wrote, you know, three or four chapters of a book and I never let anybody read it. And I, she finally talked me into letting her read it and she really liked it. And you know, as well as I do, like when you had your wife read it, where it's like a leap of faith where you're like, oh man, <laughs> somebody's going to critique me. <laughs> what, what She's going to tell me this is great, even if it sucks. And then I'm going to be like one of these kids on American Idol that think they can sing <laughs> because my parents, you know, been telling me I could sing. She liked it, but it sort of inspired me to start something new. And that I started a whole new book from that conversation. But having someone to support you and inspire you and not um, sort of resist you doing that, that's a huge piece of it. So, question, did your wife help you edit the book? She did not help me edit it. And she <laughs> actually hasn't physically read it. Oh, I actually hasn't. would read it out loud to her as I finished a certain part. I'm like, hey, uh -huh. here's this part here. What do you what do you think of this? I would yeah. bounce things off of oh, her as so, I did yeah. it. And it was, like you said, it was very intimidating at first because basically as an author and a writer, it's just your inner feelings, your inner thoughts just spilled out in front of you to yeah. lay yeah. waste. And it's indeed very scary to have somebody else look at that right. and, and be critiqued. Well, I can tell you that um, I've I've read a little bit, what little bit you let me read, and I really enjoyed it. And our mutual editor read it, and she told me it's really good. So uh, hopefully you've gotten enough feedback so far that's kind of given you the confidence that I think we all need. And what's funny is our editor, she's got a few New York Times bestsellers she's edited for, and she has told me that every single solid one of them 
doesn't matter how many hits they've come out, they have a feeling that the next one just isn't very good for some reason. So (laughs) that's just the way of the artist, I think. And and I think you're probably going to be the same way. I'm that way. So uh, I think knowing that helps me because it helps me know that, okay, maybe it is pretty good. I just, everyone kind of goes through this. No, yeah, definitely. When I was getting close to finishing the first round of edits, I, I really struggled and had a fight and my wife's like it's you're not even you what is going on right. in your head it's supposed to be <laughs> and, this supposed and, to be a stress reliever for yeah, you yeah and it was really stressful and it's like this isn't working but now she talked me through it and then had a conversation with our mutual editor and i feel i have more confidence now and the faucet has been cranked on and i tore the handle off i'm not going back oh, i'm already on chapter eight in the sequel oh good for while you. i was waiting oh, for the final edits i've continue to write i haven't stopped awesome we were going to ask if this was a sequel but um is it two parts three parts four parts or do you know well speaking with my editor i said i wanted to do at least three parts and she says i can see way more out of this oh wow it's it's a very very big conflict that is not going to be resolved very easily so the challenge there is how do you come up with significant end points that's always the challenge i think for series i haven't done one i want to do one but it has to feel like a complete book for the reader not just the old lord of the rings trick where you take one book and cut it into three and it feels like wait what and it ends at like a terrible (laughs) spot you know what i mean so that's going to be an interesting challenge you go through but you've already written the one book so you must have found a rhythm somewhere in there already really yeah i did and i've since I finished the first book, and now that I know it's going to be a continuation, when I was writing the first book, I thought it's just going to be a one book, one and done. Sure. Do, did you think that when you finished it? No. Oh, when okay. I finished it, I knew it was going to be another okay. book. And I found a good stopping point. Yeah. And I was like, I'm stopping it here. And our editor suggested, since I have so far in the sequel, to put a sneak peek into the next book. So the end of this first book, we'll have the first chapter of the next book. Oh, I love that. That's great. I'm personally quite proud of, because unlike the first book where you have to establish the world, the characters, introduce the reader, the second one, you can hit the ground running. The action starts the second paragraph. Oh, I love it. And Yeah, I love it too. There's uh, one of these, I've quoted this, I've said this so many times that I'm really going to have to look up and find out who this author is, but there's an author that did a masterclass. You may see these masterclass ads that are on Facebook and stuff, but there is a, this, story holds more weight if I can remember the author's name, but his masterclass, he talked about how, and he writes like thrillers and mysteries and stuff, but he talked about how you have to capture the reader in the first sentence of your book. And I don't know how true that is, but I know that I think about that now when I'm thinking about how to start a story. That is true because me, somebody who's not really an avid reader, I mean, it's more educational stuff that I read, yeah, not for fun, unfortunately. If the first, if the tone of the first sentence, I mean, it doesn't even really have to be like super interesting or like that, but it, something about the writing has to really capture me in that first couple sentences, right. really. I mean, but yeah, really the first, on that first page, if you didn't get me in the first few little little sentences there, I'm like, drift. gotta go. Well, yeah, so that's, was, that's yeah. what's exciting about your second book. Yeah, just, I'm more on the page with Angie there. I think at least the first page. Paragraph. I don't I don't think it has yeah. to be so strict the first sentence. Yeah. You're going to be stressed out and never get any further <laughs> right. than that's the true. That's true. first <laughs> sentence. He, the, the quote that he used from that, I'm going to have to remember this so the story isn't so open-ended, but the quote that he used or the sentence that he used was super interesting for the story he was doing. I think it depends a little bit on the genre too because you have yeah. to, when you're dealing with fantasy and science fiction, you have, there's a lot of world building to do. And 
that cannot be done. I mean, I have some favorite series in the fantasy and science fiction realm, and there's no way. In fact, I would argue that even on the first page, it's the writing style when you get into that's those what books. I, that's what exactly. I said. But it's that writing style that gets you, right? That's the what gets you more more than the words. Or and, yeah, the description of things, and it's like, oh, I could, you know. I could keep reading this this writer, you know, what they're putting on the page. Yep. So I have a question. Um, no spoilers, of course, but can you tell us a little bit about Divided and Enhanced 2124? Like, what does Enhanced mean as it relates to the story? Enhanced, there's a lot of transformations in the book, and it actually kind of came to me about halfway through the book. I had a different direction where I was going to go with it, and I had an epiphany, and the major conflict wasn't even in the book yet until this epiphany happened and there's a lot of character changes that they basically become enhanced. And I didn't want to do the whole superhero genre, of course, but this is set over a hundred years into the future. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of research in the gene therapies and the future potential with that artificial intelligence and stuff yeah. like that. And I kind of combined it all in a unique way. And and I hope it really introduced and kind of they, these individuals that this happens to, they get enhanced. Right. But of course it's science fiction, science fantasy. It's not going to be. Of course. Realistic. But I try to stay a little grounded. And if there is a character that has an extraordinary power that's grounded by, it comes at a great cost to use it. Sure. So I don't like the whole overpowered Superman and there's only one thing that can stop him. No, I I like to have something with a little bit of struggle, a little bit of more. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that adds some realism to it. Don't get me wrong. I love the superhero movement. I am a nerd from the eighties. So when I was secretly reading all these comic books that now everyone I know that wouldn't have anything to do with it back in those days is like wearing the t-shirts. I'm like, (laughs) I had the t-shirts way back then. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, there's always that, there's always been that thought around like Superman and, and the Avengers and things like you have to introduce some super, uh, powered enemy, or it doesn't even make sense to have that kind of power. Um, and as a technical person, you know, um, and a techie and like, uh, I'm big into all the IT stuff and the IT world, the gene editing, I, I recently listened to a, uh, podcast discussion with Joe Rogan, where he's talking to a gene splicing guy and, the ability to do a lot of the stuff, as you probably know from your research, it's already there. You could, They can already do like skin color change, things that ethically are against the law. But Angie and I were just talking the other day about who's to say. And AI is making leaps and bounds. So it sounds to me like, I know you said you're adding the fantasy element in there, and I can't wait to read it. But it makes me wonder how far removed from what really happens eventually, Yeah, you know, it really is. It may not be quite as crazy far out there as you think, you know? No, exactly. And there's actually been a couple of times I've read an article and I've been at work and I was like, guys, look at this article. And they're like, wow, that's going to be cool. It's like, I already wrote about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of- That's pretty cool. um, One of my favorite writers of all time was uh, Michael Crichton. And what I loved about Michael Crichton is he was a scientist- that became a novelist and you couldn't tell the di- you you never knew at what page he jumped from the science he had either learned or knew to the fiction you know what i mean there was it was a blurry line so you would find yourself in a section of the story that was clearly not real but then you would be like wow when did this switch to because it was it's, so i love that it, your story is kind of based on true science and you don't know where it's going to go. So can you tell us a little bit, maybe the book blurb or just a little bit about what the story is about? And 
Yeah, you know, but uh, I wish I had the copy in front of me to read the synopsis. But. You sound like me. So this elevator pitch, I have the same problem for my book. So it's feel free to stumble around it if you need to. But yeah, I'm curious. Uh, a lot of the authors that I've already kind of grown into the circle of, it's just a whole new community and everything. It's really wonderful. Yeah. And a lot of them I see post memes and stuff, joking about the synopsis. Most one of my favorite was with Smeagol and Gollum, but like we got to write the synopsis, <laughs> but we hate it. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the hardest part because it it underserves. It almost always underserves the story. So to me, the, that's a good example. Lord of the Rings. If you read the blurb on the back of Lord of the Rings, it sounds terrible. It yeah. sounds like a book you would never want to read. And for me. My elevator pitch, the back of my uh, books, I have gotten feedback recently about the back of my books from people that w- enjoyed the read and said, I would have never read it based on the back of the book. And I'm like, oh, I really got to work on that. Because for me, I write thrillers and I don't want to give away anything. There's twisty things happening in the plot. And I'm the type of person, and so is Angie, where if you show too long of a trailer or you tell too long of a blurb, you, I have already processed way ahead, and I guarantee you I've already figured out some of it. So, But I've, a- I've read um, MG's synopsis that you have on your book, and it's I think it's just the- enough. You know what I mean? It's longer than I think what normally, like I've read on the back of some books, but I think you need that. Yeah. I've read it too. I just don't, why don't we have it here in front of us? Cause that would have been a great thing to have. Do you? <laughs> L- let's pull it out. Do you have the blurb? Are you going to go ahead and read the blurb? Okay, perfect. Go ahead. Okay. It's been 70 years since the first artificial intelligence war. During that time, mankind's greatest programming, the AI multiplied themselves on the internet and on any server they could find. They were able to modify and enhance their abilities far beyond human comprehension. Modern day AI are capable of thinking on their own, making decisions, can even feel emotion. These advanced programs are used in many different ways, in the medical field to make drastic advances in medicine and genetic alterations, as assistance or for companionship, and there are even AI that serve in high ranks of mankind's society. One of these higher ranking AI is in charge of a secret special ops unit in the United States Army. Monty is her name, and her commands must be obeyed without question. Dunstan is a human soldier under Monty's command, and he and his special ops team are about to go on a recon mission on foreign soil. The mission goes horribly sideways and under the best circumstances would be a catastrophic failure. However, Dunstan's team under Monty's leadership are far from normal. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. That is now I'm super interested and I read it, but not with the enunciation and yeah. excitement that yeah. you did. It's so different that's hearing the author read a synopsis too, because they know the feeling of the book. Yeah. So it's almost like you wish that there was a little button that you could record yourself. Oh, yeah. see, I just made an invention. Nobody steal it because I'm going to do it. And you push this little button and your voice is reading it because you know what the tone of the book is. You know the feeling you want to convey. Yeah. Whereas me reading it might be like, you know, he's singing it along or something. I don't know. Like the, the tone would be totally different. So what what audience are you trying to reach out to reach with this book or who do you think would be interested in it? Uh, science fiction fans, uh, anybody that's interested in new technology or what the future may behold, um, this is um, my vision of what possibility could happen. And 
it'd be a fun but terrifying place if yeah, you sure. read what went on. But so it just seems like Terminator, same. Exactly. You know? So it's, what it's very age neat. what ages? Is it a, is it appropriate for there are children? Some, there are some words in there. There's some risque scenes. There's okay. some violence. So I'd say young adult to, young to adult. adults. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the chapter you let me read, I think there was a little bit of sex type stuff in there, which is perfect for sci-fi fantasy crowd, you know? Yeah, exactly. I never planned to put any of that there. I never planned to put any romance, and I and it just it won't be realistic. Sure, no, yeah, it, it just would, happened naturally. That's great. Yeah, um, because the artwork a lot of times is what draws people in to read, and your artwork is really cool. But I feel like it's. Um, that superhero-y comic book kind of look. Yeah. So yes. that will that would probably draw younger boys in, and they're like, Mom, I want to read this book. Sure. No, Mom, no. You can, you, no. If they're under eh, 15. Yeah, 15 probably. PG, okay. PG 13. Which these, days to read these days means one. 13 or yeah. 12. <laughs> Depends yeah. on how liberal the parents it are. It really is. Right? It really does. I, I'm a super liberal parent, so my kids have always been like, whatever, just... Yeah. Yeah. So, did you do the artwork for your cover? Did you have an idea of it and, um, you know, get somebody else to do it? How did that decision-making process go about? Well, being this is my first book, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to nail it out of the park. So, I did save up some money and I did go on DeviantArt and I found this artist and I kind of steered away from him at first because he was expensive. But he offered a lot. He offered animation things, any kind of banners you want for websites and and more additional things. So I talked to him back and forth, and I'm glad I did. He's like my best buddy now. He contacts me almost every week. You want to plug him? What's his name? Uh, His name, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Please forgive me, Mr. Saber. But it's T. Saber. Okay. Um, He is in Dubai. And right. so it's hard to sit, wake up in the morning trying to see, okay, does he, how's he far with, with the concept? Where, where's the next artwork? Yeah, so yeah. it was like a, for a while while he was designing the cover, it was like Christmas every morning. Check my email. What did, uh-huh. did he send oh, me man. anything? <laughs> and waiting. And he is doing a lot of 3D concept stuff. He does a lot oh. of 3D modeling and he plugs, um, any kind of art cover or anything you work. I think he works in the, the industry of graphic industry. Oh, nice. And cool. he, and one of his friends actually, uh, Omir, I believe his first name is he composed, he's a music composer. He has his own studio and everything's really nice. And he's working on custom music for ads for the book, which is insane. Oh, Cause I didn't amazing. ask for that. Yeah. It's just something he wanted something to do. Extra. He's really feels my passion. We've talked back and forth via email about stuff, and and he's a really great guy. They you both know, seem really great guys. So the great thing about that to me is that I think it should give you confidence in your story. But what I see when I see things like that is not just artists trying to promote each other, but also the opportunity. There must be some thought that something big is going to happen with your story, and people want to get in at ground level. That's so right. how I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that that would be really cool. But I did have my own idea for a book cover, and I had a couple of friends that try to help me, and and um, it looked good, but it just didn't feel right. right. I wanted didn't. something really wow, and that's when I went to Deviant Art and. Uh, authors, writers, anybody, go to Deviant Art. Just put a forum up. It's like bait. Yeah, yeah. I got like eighty different things and it took me a while just to sift through and find somebody that stands out yeah. and and i'm glad i was with t saber he's amazing yeah. and he decided i told him my idea that i was originally wanted to and he's like you know what's the feel of the book what is it about he actually hasn't read the book 
Wow. He's actually wanted to know about different characters. What's the theme? What's the passion? Mm-hmm. What's the takeaway from this book? He really wanted to know the feeling That's of the great. book. That's great. And he came up with a classic type 80s style movie. I know. Crazy. I love it. Yeah. it. It's Tron. It reminds me of Tron exactly. a little bit. Exactly. That's what he's going. He's trying to bring back the 80s style that's kind of circling around it right is. now. Yeah. Well, so, that's, so my favorite character on that book, on the book cover, is the girl. That's the girl. Yeah. With like the blindfold the on yes, or something. That's, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. that's like, why is the blindfold? Like, I need to know what that blindfold yeah. is all about. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were drawn to her. She's, she's actually inspired by my daughter who had the brain surgery. And really? she, a lot of inspiration has gone into her. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. So, oh, and she'll get to read this in the future and know that that character was based on her. How cool is that? Yeah, very, That's very an cool. awesome very gift cool. that you could give as and a That father. really is. I was going to ask if there were things in your life that influenced the story or the characters or anything like that. And before I get into my... My next question here. I also wanted to ask, have you thought about doing an audiobook in the future? Probably in the future, but that's going to be so I establish myself maybe a little bit further. I'm not just working on this series. I actually have two other books that I've started, one that I'm really excited about. Wow. And it's about four chapters in. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. That's, that's the way you got to do it. I do. I'm telling you, if I was born in a technology age was a little bit less i don't think i could write because most of my writing is actually done on my cell phone yeah my google got docs and just write oh, that's write, so great no, I, you know i love that mm-hmm. um we, we talk about when we talk to authors or about authors one of the things i'm always sort of mesmerized by is the um process that that people go through and what their style is and how they write and how they put it all together so that's interesting to me you do it on your phone um one more question about the audiobook though if you do an audiobook, do you want to read it yourself or do you want to get um, a voice talent kind of person to do it? Well, Morgan Freeman, here's your chance. There so you go. just give me a call. <laughs> Although we have a really good guy. Oh, we oh Bill, my Bill Bill Files, the guy who's redoing my books. I'll, I'll play a clip for you before we uh, before you go today off okay. the off the air, and uh, I think you'll be impressed. But I'm, I was always curious because. I wouldn't do my own. I'm afraid because of my investment, emotional investment in my stories, I would mess it up trying to overdo it or underdo I it. I think I'd do the same thing. Or, or perfect it. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm going to lean back on this again for a minute, but as an author myself and with my day job and my other obligations, I personally find it tricky to find time for writing. And so you're talking about how you're writing on your phone and you're writing this and you're writing that. You have as much going on as I do, if not more, with your kids and your day job and everything else. But how do you make sure and set time aside to make sure you're continuing to write? Is it every day? It's every day. I have a goal, and I've told our editor this, and she said, you need to, you need to teach a class. I said, <laughs> I just make sure I write at least a sentence a day. If, wow. As long as if you've taken a tiny step forward, you're going to get there. Wow, that's inspiring for me. Yeah, so I was wondering, you said you do most of your writing on your phone, so... When you're out and about, is it always necessarily a sentence that's going into those books that you're writing, or could it just be an idea? Is it just Great something question. geared towards new ideas or ideas you want in your book, character development, whatever it is? All of the above. Really? Pretty much. Okay. Yes. Okay. I have at least 20 different documents set up that just has a whole okay. bunch of, and another so you're document very organized that's, uh, <laughs> i'd say organized chaos okay <laughs> but uh, i have one book that just has a whole bunch of i mean not one book one document that has probably pages and pages of just thoughts and ideas future <laughs> ideas for books or wow yeah. you want this as a full-time job pretty bad oh, don't I you would <laughs> really love to have a full-time job especially with my kids i would love to be with them and be able to see the therapies they're doing and, and yeah. go through and help them and yeah and be there 
Well, I will tell you, if my full-time author career takes off first, then I will promote the crap out of your stuff, man. <laughs> I appreciate so, it. Likewise. Let's make a deal. Likewise. You got it. <laughs> so is uh, is Divided and Enhanced 2124 the type of novel that you prefer to read? Is it the kind of genre that you like? Or what's your favorite type of book? I'd say fantasy. Like I said, J.R.R. Tolkien is my favorite. But then yeah. Douglas Adams, he's a really- Oh, yes. That's probably one of my most- treasured books that I have from my aunt. And, well, that's uh, ironic because I told you before you told me that just now, I told you that it reminded me of that a little bit when I read that chapter you let me read. Yeah, that was a tremendous compliment. Like, wow. That was the best thing that anybody could ever said to me. It's like, wow, that's awesome that I'm even remotely uh, you know, similar to him at all. I mean, he's he's a big inspiration. So, so what are you reading now? Anything? Do you find time to read while you're writing? Right now? No, right. <laughs> right now, I'm not reading You're, anything. Yeah, you I do. Would, You're reading the words that you put down. On exactly. The paper. That's what they said. If you don't find the book you want to read, make it. Yeah. Oh, oh I like that. I like that quote a lot. I struggle to find. You know what I did is I posted on Facebook the other day to you know please someone give me some suggestions. I'm dying for books, so now I have a little list. But I have the same problem. I I either feel like I should be writing if I have time to read, or I I'm like a I don't want to sound like a critic, but I just can't get into it. I start reading a book and then I kind of fizzle out. Yeah. But we met with another author in this last week's uh, episode, Steve Altier. And Steve went to one of these workshops, which I think I'm going to do at some point, um, just a writer's workshop. And some of the successful authors that he had met with that are that are having really good success, um, they said they do different things like sprinting where over a weekend you have to try to write, you know, five or 10,000 words yeah, or try to write 5,000 words a day for a week or whatever. So it's those, That's just to, I figured I'd pass it along <laughs> to you because it's kind of interesting if you, what they suggest is just get in front of it and just start puking out a story. You know what I mean? Without, Even I, if it doesn't make sense, just get words on. Right. On and I I map things out and I'll show you like the mind maps I do for my books. And you'll be like, man, you need help. <laughs> yeah. But I do that before I write because I don't, I need to know where I'm going with no, the story. Yeah, I think we're complete opposite in that aspect because yeah. I had no idea what the ending was. I had no idea what the middle was. Yeah. I just started writing. And well, that's how I do all of my other books and all the things I do. I don't even go back and change a word if it comes up with the, it's misspelled. I get to the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I may, I may experiment with other ways because the, what I really like about the way you do it and Steve does it is as a person who's always trying to figure out the end, if you didn't necessarily know the end when you started it, there's no way I'm going to be able to figure it out. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the audience would be able to know yeah. what was going on because you changed it or it came up maybe three quarters through the story. Yeah. You know? So the, the the turn is unexpected for yeah. everyone. And what, what Steve was talking about was... and. I, the sometimes the characters will do it. Is that kind of what you found? Yes, exactly. There's sometimes where I've just had to put these characters here. This scene's coming up. I put them together, and I didn't expect the outcome. It's like I'm witnessing their conversation because so, I know the base attitude how they have. Yes, and putting them together, it's just kind of like putting two Kimballs together and see what happens. So doesn't wow. the, the, so I always feel like when I say that kind of thing, I probably sound like someone who's lost their mind. But when you <laughs> when you say that, it makes so much sense to me because it. it is like the characters are actual people. And well, you, that's the creative brains too that I you guess. guys have. You you have the 
you know these people, right? right? They're like personal friends. So they're people you know. But they do things you don't expect. That's what makes it seem like we're crazy. But (laughs) it's so true. No, I know I'm crazy. I'm embracing it. Me too. But I've finished chapters before and went, wow, I didn't know he, I didn't know he was going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. uh, yeah, You guys do sound a little crazy. No. Yeah. And and sometimes things happen to characters. Like there's things happen to these characters and it kind of puts a roadblock on what I can do with these characters. And instead of going back and change it, just go, just go with it. Thing. I got to go wow. through. Wow. That's like, a challenge to yourself as a writer, though. Oh, right? yeah. And I love it. I love a challenge and everything. And I've said since the beginning, since I've started to get more confidence, is I'm not your favorite author yet, but I will be. Yeah. I love I that. I cannot wait until I get all the negative reviews. I'm going to take all the negative reviews, use it to sharpen my blade, yeah. and take that to my next book and make a better jewel. But consider that's, this. That's you great. may not get negative reviews. I mean, I love that that, that that attitude you have, but you may be surprised at the fact that you you know people just really embrace it so. oh no yeah i'm yeah. Ch- going to cherish the positive reviews like yeah. crazy yeah. but i'm going to look forward to whatever i but can I do like to make my blade you're yeah. turning Feedback. those negative ones positive yeah. anyway like exactly. you're putting that energy out there that hey um i'll just get better i'll just yeah. get better i love and it, it and it won't deter you or whatever but you, uh, honestly you're the way that you talk about your writing inspires me to want to write more Good, yeah. so, good, good, good. Uh, I hope other oh, people gosh, get that too. Yeah. yeah, we need more. Yeah. So you have young kids at home. You you have some challenges with Very the kids. Much. Um, how are you instilling a love of reading and or writing in in the kids? Well, for the other two, the two older ones that have the special needs, it's hard for them to get there. The one's trying to talk, and the other one knows his alphabet like crazy can throw it on the floor and he'll put it in right order he's mm-hmm. really good there and we're trying to with a therapist starting to do math with him and the next is going to be reading so i'm going I was going to ask do there. you read books like oh, since I, they yes, were little like yeah yeah that no kind of i stuff. always put them up my lap and read oh, a book good. with them that definitely does it yes, i think that I because that just the medium they see the medium mm-hmm. and and um, I wonder too, on the spectrum, is there a, uh, does that make it more difficult for children to get in, to get into reading or do you know? Um, I'm not sure, but because it's a spectrum, it's very wide range. There yeah. Could yeah. Some that be very, very good at reading. There's some that might not want nothing to do with it. But, right. But it's more attention, you know, driven. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. attention driven. And yeah. we put a bookshelf in our back room, which is their play area. And they have. A uh, toy box there and a bookshelf with all kinds of books, and it brings me great joy when I get home and I find more books scattered everywhere than toys. Yes, so. I oh, bet no it doubt. does. Yeah. That's great. So you've got a nice size following on Instagram, I noticed, which I think oh, yes. is great. Very I'm nice trying. One. I'm trying. Yeah. So how are you promoting your book ahead of launch? I well, like I said, my artist again, Saber. Thank you so much. He sent me a lot of different content to do and and just concepts of them, and I've kind of show different pieces of that. And I also to put different inspirational things on there, trying to spread positive yeah, energy. I love it. And, yeah. and trying to, and that kind of draws people towards you too. You know, of so course. I'm, I've been trying to do that and also talk to other authors on Instagram. I message them privately and yeah. give them props whenever they hit a milestone or everything. They, they really need, everybody needs a pat of the back. Oh, I don't care what their job is. So, yeah, and it's a tight knit community, no yeah. matter what genre, Indeed. you know, that you of someone that you meet. I mean, everybody sticks together and supports each other. So you've found a very, you know, 
oh, tight yeah. community, definitely. which is nice. Definitely. I'm a strong believer in giving somebody a stranger a smile because you never know. That might be the only smile well, they see. So that you're in the you perfect that. place. You're in the, you're in the right <laughs> podcast because we say that at all, the end of almost every show that um, we – you know, Angie kind of started this, but what can you do today? And it doesn't have to be, we, a lot of the time we say it doesn't have to be big, but it doesn't have to be small either. It depends on what you have the money and time and capability of doing. So maybe you go donate your time. Maybe you donate millions of dollars and your time. Maybe, maybe you, you buy their lunch in the drive through or smile exactly. at them. You know? Yeah. No, I yeah. love that. I yeah. love the idea of, of not making it through a day without having done one thing, even if they think you're a nut. One oh, yeah. thing that, that made somebody's life a little better that day. So I love that you said that. No, That's yeah, awesome. definitely. There was uh, the other day, I just moved to the area. I haven't really known the neighbors too much, but I saw a lady get out of her car, get up to the door. You can tell she was in scrubs. She does something with nursing or something. And she right. just looked miserable. And you could tell she was a very attractive lady, but the way she held herself and the way she was, she was very downstrodden. Yeah. And I just smiled and waited to say hi. And in that split second, she smiled and she was the most beautiful that she could be that day. Yeah. Oh, See, that's a great way to, yeah. We're so bad about not talking to our neighbors. And I don't mean just Angie and I, but the world. Yeah. Oh, now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If we can leave the world a better place than we got here, we all Well, win. really, yeah. and is it, it, how often do you see your neighbors? Because all of us come home and we are in the house. And it's because we go live outside, in Florida it and it's be... 900 degrees out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anytime, though, everybody is like, in the house, yeah. you don't see too many people in the yards anymore or anything like so that. So true. So it's, you know, we could go knock on the door and offer some chocolate chip cookies, I guess. Yeah. That might make people, you everybody's friend. <laughs> yeah. Most people, including you guys with a video on your ring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not see? answering that. I don't know who that is. I don't is. know. Chocolate so chip people cookies? are screening their yeah. doors, not just this their phone ain't calls. No, yeah. uh, Girl Scout, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know, man. If I look on the ring camera and I see somebody with cookies, I'm answering that door quick. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, people. That's how you get Dan's attention. That's it. <laughs> So tell us some of the artists that have inspired you along the way, whether it be with your desire to write or the story itself. Are there particular uh, books or movies that have influenced your writing style? Or, um, I mean, of course there are, but what are they? Well, of course, like I said, I mentioned before, J.R.R. Tolkien, Douglas Adams, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, all those authors, the traditional classic yep. fantasy sci-fi sure. writers. Um, but also, too, I've grown up listening to MC Hammer instead of like everybody else listening to what their skin color should be. I stuck with uh, hip hop and rap. Hell and yeah. even right now I don't listen to the modern stuff. I listen to a lot of underground stuff and believe it or not, a lot of it, especially growing up, even Wu Ting Clan goes over comic oh, books and different yeah, sci-fi. Sure. There's yeah. a lot of stories in those. And oh my, my, I love them. My son loves all that stuff. The Wu Tang Clan. He's got the shirts and the hats. I don't. I don't believe in the whole color. No. Is your? I, I don't have. My any, son's a rapper. I don't have any kind of connection. <laughs> no, yeah. To that. There's a lot of it's underground ones too. that are now um, Caucasian, and they're very, very good. And yeah. I love the whole blending of any culture together. I don't so do think I. we should be a separate. I, think I we don't need all together. Well, we I, we know race. This is a man-made-up thing anyway. Oh, definitely. They're, definitely man-made-up, media-made-up, government-made-up. It's ridiculous. Hopefully you address that in your book. That'd be cool. There are is a lot of diversity in my book. I oh, try to I stay diverse. And yeah. I've tried to. And I saw a couple people write on um, something on Instagram. I don't know who it was. But they wrote something on there. You need to only write what you are. I'm like, that's not true. You want to write Something to inspire other people. Something yeah. that you want to be, even though you're not a woman, I could still 
write a character until as a woman. Yeah. yeah. I think especially for like um, sci-fi and uh, uh, fa- sci-fi fantasy and stuff, the, it's it's critically important to have a diverse cast. Um, and you're talking about writing from the perspective of someone that's different than you, which I kudos to you because as an author – I think I can write as uh, the different sex and as a, I could write as a um, different nationality or anything like that as well. But if the book were about the struggle of going through those society type things that people have, uh, have gone, had to go through in different areas of the world or based on their color or whatever, that's the only way I wouldn't be able to write that's, it. That's, yeah, it's very hard to express feeling in something you haven't done a- before. And I've, come to hard, difficult time dealing with uh, certain aspects. So there's a certain part of the book where it's not racism, but there's a lot of prejudice prejudices against a certain kind. And I don't, fortunately, I never really grew up knowing that. And yep. unfortunately, that other people fortunate. have. Yes. And I've spoken with uh, one of my friends that um, she has experienced that. And I just basically, I wanted to get kind of the feel of how it yeah. was. And so we talked to, she's actually a fellow author too. Oh, nice. And she has done uh, several books. And I said, I want to include this and I want to try to make it authentic, but I've never experienced this. So what kind of feeling do I need to put in here? Yeah. And I had her read it and I kind of went through it and, and wow. So I, cause oh, I want to make it authentic as possible. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to pretend I experience or understand something that never happened to me. Right. Yeah. So when I, that doesn't happen, then. I do research. Yeah. Great. Oh, I love that. That's, that's, and you got feedback from somebody that, you know, did exactly. go through it, which is exactly really showing the authenticity of it because Trying you really to. want to appeal to people that, you know, of all different diverse backgrounds. Exactly. Which is great. Yep. Thank goodness for Gene Roddenberry. I think he kicked <laughs> off the whole multiracial, you know, don't really believe in race, but, um, yeah. integrating just all people and who cares any of that. So, yeah. yeah. So, we're excited to read the book. Thank you. So, MG, do you have a launch date planned? Can you tell us when that is? And um, are you going to be doing a book signing, like a big book signing to um, for the launch of your book? I would love to do a book signing. I haven't got there yet. I'm trying to finish the editings, and I'm planning on an August release. Okay. I Very was nice. going to push myself and try to get it this month, but I'm going to be more realistic. I, yeah. I'm not going to do the whole man goals and going to get stuff done in a weekend. <laughs> oh, hey, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> so I will tell you this. If I give some unsolicited advice and our editor will tell you this, you want a solid month. Um from the time that you say the date to the actual date, you generally want a solid month because you want to build up people and, to, you know, get everyone jazzed and build yeah. the hype and everything. And, uh, yeah. So, well, if there's, when you get to that point, I will have already done my, uh, hopefully I will have already done my book signing at Barnes and Noble. So I'd love to help pass along my contacts of starting oh, definitely, contacts. Definitely. There. I'd love to do that. I would really love to do that. Yeah. Awesome. So as we're wrapping up here, um, first, thank you so much for meeting with us. It's been no, a pleasure talking about me. it. It's been fun. Yeah. And, uh, we're, we're looking forward to your book. I can't wait to read it. Um, tell people how they can find you right now. You can find me on Instagram at m.g.unger. And I'm also I have a Facebook page, the same thing. Just search mg m.g.unger. That's the only two most social medias I have right now. It is almost a full-time job. I'm just trying to keep a social presence uh-huh. as well. <laughs> 
All right. So I will put those links in the show notes. Um, so if you're listening to this on your device now, you can just scroll down and click on the uh, links so you can read the, uh, you know, go directly to MG's website or social media. And then any other things that we wanted to link or discuss during the show, I'll also put in the link. Awesome. So if any of that interested you as far as the artist for the book or any of that, you want to find any more information, just scroll down on your device and you should have a link for that information. Um, again, we can't thank you enough for meeting with us. We're looking thank forward you. to thank it. Thank you for having yeah. me. And congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Your yes. first it's book. exciting and the uh, venture is just beginning. Yeah. That's right. Well, That's I want to come to the book signing for sure. Oh, awesome. I'll be here right. to check it out. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, that's it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the information station. I'm going to put the echo on it this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It is time for everybody's favorite thing, right? No? The information station. I keep, I keep threatening to put an echo on that. <laughs> I swear I'm going to do it this time. So information station is all about just us to kind of doing some research on whatever topic, whatever theme we have for the month. And we found some pretty interesting stuff yes. this week. So we're kind of going to be talking about like the history of reading. And how that ties into the history of writing, of course, because reading and writing go together Indeed. in everybody's book. Yes. So before the Industrial Revolution, we know that only a small portion of the population, really anywhere in the world, right? I think that's what it brought out, um, were considered literate. Right. So it was, vi you know, it was more for the wealthy. The upper class. The upper kind class. Of yeah. Um, and, you know, there's even been, in the past, we know that reading has been kept from people. Oh, sure. Because there's power in reading, right? Yeah. It, it's knowledge transfer. Knowledge, you know? Yeah. Well, and readers uh, are leaders. Indeed. There's your hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so just on the information station thing, uh, again, we try to make it, as Angie was mentioning, the quick source for information at the end of every show and links you can click on. And to me, I think you mentioned this in the last episode, Angie, but it's like a cheat sheet. So if we talk about anything you find interesting, instead of having to go Google it or whatever, just scroll down on your device and click the link and you can see where we got the information from. But mm -hmm. Angie and I did the, um, sometimes we do research uh, back and forth. So we kind of surprise each other during the show. This time we did it together. So I'm going to piggyback on what she's saying. But some of the Pre-modern societies with the high literacy rates included the Greeks and the Islamic states called the, I think it's called caliphates or caliphates. I don't know how to say it, <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me that the Islamic states and the Greeks were heavily involved in uh, reading in this sort of pre-modern yeah. era. Um, but prior to the Age of Enlightenment, and if you don't know what the Age of Enlightenment is, which I didn't, it's, I couldn't remember, I mean, yeah. I'd heard of it, but that was a intellectual and philosophical movement across Europe during the 18th century. Prior to that, reading aloud was a, the accepted method, and reading silently, like to yourself, was considered odd. In fact, doing that in bed alone was considered dangerous and immoral. Yeah, that sounds like something that they would tell people because they didn't want people reading yeah, on their I, own. I just, I don't know enough about history, so I'm going to sound like an idiot for a minute, but those kinds of things, is that the... Is that the suppression of information or is it just how small thinking was back then? It was a very repressive time. I think a lot of it revolved around religion. Yes. Not that we ever get into religion, but yeah, if you do, it was you needed to go to your, you know, religious facility, wherever it was, to be read to. 
Yeah, could be. Really? Could um, be that. People didn't have a copy of, you know, those things at home. Yeah. Those were only at those locations. Right. So I right. think a lot of it goes hand in hand with that. Could. It very well could. That's a very that. good point. Mm-hmm. It very well could. Um, interesting to me, though, that the Greeks and the Islamic states were heavy into reading in sort of that pre-modern era prior to the Age of Enlightenment. Um, I love that it's called the... In- the Age of Enlightenment, I do though, too, because it really shows what reading and you know the passing on of that knowledge can do. Yes, right. Well, you know what the Dark Ages are, right? Yeah, like the medieval ages, right? Yeah, but there's a loss of information. Oh yeah, a lot of the, stuff was burned. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to do a history blurb at one point. Um, It'd be cool to do like a, a. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but if we put together our own little kind of diagram or line at the end of the month, that kind of shows that, like the progression of reading. Yeah, you can do one of your little mind map things. Oh, amazing. I love that. I just <laughs> meant a podcast on history. I mean, as boring as that was for me, I think if we get into history about something, I find it much more interesting now. Yeah. And if we could tie that to an actual theme of charity yeah. and uh, and local community, that would be cool. Well, Kristen, one of the people that came to my book signings, mm-hmm. she is a history teacher in high school. Oh, that'd be cool. So it'd be cool to have her yeah. on to tell us about some that'd stuff. That'd be cool. We got to do a, a month of teachers. Oh, they I were, would love that. Uh, teacher Appreciation Month or something. We got to find that out. That would be great. Yeah. I'm going to take that down as a note. So speaking of that timeline, it would be interesting to know what we're calling today's time. I mean, we know it's a very technical technologically <laughs> advanced right <laughs> because now there's evidence of like this it's been l- like a long slow steady decline in reading i know it's so sad and so over like the past 15 years or so um women i think it's 29% from 29% to 19% a yep. decline? That's, wow. that's a lot. That's 10%. It really is. And men from 23 to 15%. And I don't even want to, I don't even get any information on children. Yeah. So God knows what that is. But we know that the screen time is taking up that actual reading time because the screen time isn't really reading. I Let's know. Fit, come on, guys. We have to face it. We're not really reading. We're scrolling through social media. We're seeing who's up to what. What what value is that really? What is that triggering in our brain? Yeah, it's like, like a, your brain's does. on drift when you do that. You know, we're, now we're giving away a Kindle, and we'll get into that here in just a minute, too. We're giving away a Kindle tablet this month, and it's not just one of those you can only read on as you're as you're talking about sort of screen time stealing it. it you know, it makes me mm-hmm. feel guilty. Maybe we should have got the read-only one because – but I think it's really just a matter of – that stuff's going to always be accessible to you. It's a matter of sort of self-governance and self-control, That's which right. is hard. We all get lost mm-hmm. in the scroll. Yeah. It's a choice, but especially when we start with our kids, I mean, we, we presented some of those facts of how it – you know, lights up all those different areas of the brain. Yeah. So you have to know that that's an important exercise for your kid's brain. Sure. For anybody's brain. Yes. I don't want to say kids. I'm saying kids because we see so many kids that, you know, the tablet or, you know, that has replaced a book. Yes. In our generation, you know, we kind of missed that. I, I was a little bit on it. I was quick to introduce my kids to technology. Guilt. I'm guilty of because I don't think it's bad. I just think, as with anything, we need a balance. Well, if you talk, if you look at things like um, 
I'm going to misquote again, but like the big technology guys like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all those guys, they had limits of screen time for their kids. Mm-hmm. I never even, that tells you something. I never even had limits of screen time for my kids, but because of their age and the way the generation kind of came together for our family, it wasn't really readily available in their face everywhere like it is now for kids. Maybe it was, but we I didn't buy them iPads when they were five, you know? So yeah. you see a lot of that now. It's going to get oh, harder. Oh, kids that can barely hold it. Right, it's going to get harder. Not judging, just I'm saying it's kind of replacing... I, I hate... Okay, because kids need to touch stuff and they need... That's how they pro- learn to problem solve, sure. like the little toys and stuff. Yep. And unfortunately, we see a lot more of them. The tablet is their go-to. I mean, kids are screaming. It's like a... It, and, you know, like my mom would say, oh, it's ridiculous. Da, da, da. But a kid will scream if they have their favorite blankie and it fa- if they don't have it anymore. So, yep. But the tablet has replaced those kind of things yep. even that are more tangible. That's right. You know? So I think it's important for us as parents. Look, I've done the same thing with my kids. We have to reassess and go, how can I um, limit that? Right. Right? And, and Just I don't like know. anything. I don't want to go off on a deep dive in the techie side, but like with iPads and stuff, you can limit the applications that can be opened. There are features you can turn on and off, but there are things that it's not the same as real world stuff, but in a pinch, if you got to give your kids a tablet, there are applications on a tablet that shows them how to read, that walks them through reading and reads to them and allows them to turn the page like the old school books we had as kids that used to come with a record. Yeah. There's things that show yeah, how I've to build and do math do and mm-hmm. I see more often than anything kids just goofing around watching Mindless videos stuff. and playing games. So anyway, not judging either because I was guilty of just whatever you want to do. But the decline in reading, that's a that's a not just because I'm an author, but because of what we've learned this past month of what it does for you. That's really sort of a, yeah. an alarming statistic. And me and you had a conversation <clears throat> the other day about change, right? Yeah. And once we learn something through reading or just listening or, you know, whatever it is, once we learn something that's of real value yes. to anybody right? and we don't apply it, we're not really uh, evolving or advancing. Agreed. And why do we want to stay there? Agreed. You know what I mean? We need, we, we want to evolve and advance and sure. learn. So. When you learn something that's a value to everyone, yep. like we learn about reading and the brain, sure. how can we apply that? Yes. Because we're advancing when we do that. We're Agreed. evolving. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and again, the two topics we won't talk about in the show are religion and politics. So we may have to dance around it a little bit when topics get close you know, to it. But history or, you know. Right. If you think about to. history and you talked about, we talked a little bit about the repression of people and not, you know, not wanting people to read prior to the Age of Enlightenment. If you think about the political climate in the world right now, the decline of reading as a government, whether any country, I'm not talking about any specific country, but as a government, there's almost a benefit to having people decline in reading. There's also benefit Mm -hmm. to the misinformation that is spread everywhere. And I'll be the first to admit, as irritated as I get when someone is believing (laughs) something they read that's not true, it is difficult to find what's true and it's, what's not true. Yeah, it is. You can check. Don't 10, get me started on conspiracy I theories. <laughs> I know, but you can check. You can check fifteen sources online, and if they've all got a hidden agenda, then they all agree with something that's not true. And so it gets very confusing to be able to tell what's true and what's not true for me. And I'm like a research junkie, yeah. so yeah. it's a. Uh, 
it's an interesting time. It's definitely an interesting time. But th- let's go back to sort of the support of reading and the yep. and the positive aspects of it because that's what this month is all about: literacy and yeah, trying to drive. Uh, how how can we help to get more people reading? To teach people to read? To help people that can't read? To help people that physically cannot read because they, um, you know, as you get older, you can't read anymore. Things like that. So we'll we'll be getting into more of some of those programs throughout the month. But I did want to encourage everyone to support their lo- local libraries to look into some of the summer reading programs that are out for kids now. We'll put some of these links in the show notes, but there's things out there that promote kids to read and review books online oh, where they cool. get points if they do book reviews that they can apply towards buying things. There's uh, Barnes and Noble's doing a thing now where you, if you read eight books and you record them in your Barnes and Noble journal online, they'll give you a free book when you come into the store, which is awesome. I think they, it's like grades one through six. Oh, that's awesome. And the writing of a review, that's the reading and writing. So that's great. That's a, it yeah. teaches them how to articulate it on on in words. Yeah, great. So but there is cool. there is a there are lists of just huge lists of companies that do this kind of stuff every summer. So we'll post the links on there. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I'd read, but Yeah, uh, I have some cool ones too. So the Amazon Summer Reading Challenge. Oh, that's right. That's um right. that is like kindergarten through eighth grade. Yep. Same thing. Eight books. Read eight books. Get one free. Oh, just like Barnes & Noble. Yeah. That's great. You get little book collectors in the house. Make them a little nook in the side. Make that a sure. weekend project where you make a little reading nook that's all decorated the way they want. Oh, How cool would that, that be, would right? That would be very cool. Doesn't take up much room for a kid. You can you can make it really create. Let them be creative with it. Decorate it how they want because that will encourage them to go sit in there more and do it. You mean like a little bookshelf kind of thing? or Like, you know, have you seen those things where they take, you know, underneath a bunk bed or something like that and you create like this little haven where it's got like their fluffy pillows oh, or like the spot, like a space theme or whatever it is. We talked about that with Steve Altier, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the yep. Zen zone where the you Zen can zone. sit and that's write right. or read. Yeah. That's yep. a great idea. And then, um, Oh, Chuck E. Cheese. This is a good one. Yeah. Every I'm already kid interested. wants to go to Chuck E. Cheese, 10 free tokens for, um, reading. And I think they have to do like an online journal. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to start my journal today. We'll do a post about that because I I skimmed over it, but didn't didn't have... didn't have time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's cool though. That's yeah. Uh, I, there's just so much information about that. You get lost in it. The yeah. list the list goes on and on. So we will post some of those links so so you can keep the kids busy with that brain power this summer. Yes, and I think um, we focused heavily on kids for this show. I think in our next show we'll give some of the uh, some of those uh, information around some of those things I'm talking about, like helping the elderly, and also how if you're an adult and you struggle with reading or you can't read, there's programs out there to help you as well. And that's one of those things where, you know, we talked with Rhonda Santolin about things like um, people that are struggling and and, uh, don't have a home right now and how there's a certain level of embarrassment that comes with that, that people have to deal with that we're trying to help them get past because you got to get past that part to, it's, Mm -hmm. it's got to build a trust. This isn't nearly obviously as traumatic, but not being able to read I've read a lot recently about how that's really embarrassing for many adults too. And there's programs out there to help you learn to read without having to, you know, stand up and say, my name is Dan and I can't read it, you know, without yeah. the embarrassment of going through, there's programs out there that can help. So we'll put some of the links in the show and we'll talk a little bit more about those adult oriented programs in uh, one of the shows this month as well. And I was thinking something really cool since we talked about the kind of teaching kids how to read. 
Yep. Right. Or getting them to read more. Right. And um, the elderly who maybe can't read on their own anymore. Let's right. pair that up. Take your teach your kids that, you know, um, having empathy for others. Sure. Altruistic. That's what the word I was thinking of. Well, altruistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and having the altruistic spirit of going and reading to elderly people at maybe a home or assisted living or something like that. Yeah, I love that idea. That's How it. cool is that? That is, I wish I would have done that stuff with my kids. I really do. I didn't. I didn't. I and didn't either. Unfortunately, we- you know, they grew up in that. I'm kind of the center of the universe right. mentality, which a lot of this generation did. We donated but. to like homeless and things around Christmas, but we talked again with Rhonda about the giving season and that it's great that people do that, but that's the time that they least need the help because yeah. everyone's doing it. And you're still far removed from it when you're just yeah, it's a blip on a your radar. or something. You yeah. know what I mean? When you're really going and seeing that that's a real person, they're really struggling, yes. they really are alone yes. or whatever, it, it gives you a different kind of feeling. Yes. And we don't want that feeling to be sadness. Awareness. We awareness. want it to be awareness. And, mm-hmm. and uh, my kids, I'm not going to take the credit because their mom took them to feed the homeless a few times when, as they were growing up. Maybe, maybe we all should have done it collectively more, but they always came back with... Um, they didn't want to do like a deep dive talk about it, but they always came back and they seemed to be in a spirit that they felt really good about having gone and that's, done that. That's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, well, I think, I think for most people that is how you would feel no matter what. Well, we did the science behind that, that it actually activates like dopamine in the brain and yeah. stuff. It makes you feel good. So. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because to me, it's better to watch someone open a gift that you gave them than give the, than you know me opening a gift that you gave yeah. me. And stay tuned for next week when we talk about... um. Christmas gifts and grandchildren. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, we're going to talk about that. All oh, right. buddy. <laughs> Fine. So, guys, we want to hear from you anytime you want to call in 407 490 3899. I haven't yet put any voicemails on the air because they're quick, blurby things about, you know, here's a book you should read or whatever. But we're considering making a segment about that. We tend to run a little long as it is. But anything you want to call us about, we'd love to hear from you. Again, 407-490-3899 or email us at feedback at fineandangie.com. Any thoughts, issues, suggestions? I haven't said this in a few episodes, but if you're in a place where you're struggling and you don't have anyone to talk to, we'd love to hear from you as well. We promise to respond to each and every uh, email that we get. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll communicate back to you and uh, try to help you out however we can, get you in touch with the right people, or just respond to let you know that you're not alone if you're going through anything that's causing you a struggle. Yeah, and check us out on all our social media. You can find us under Fine and Dangy. Right. Make sure to like our page. Yes. And um, share it if you, you know, find a friend that you think would, would like what we have to say. Right. And please, please, please uh, rate and review us. And subscribe if you haven't already. I'm sure you have, though. Um, and the great thing about our podcast is you can listen to it anytime. And yep. it picks up, if you listen to it in the car, it picks up right where you left off. Yep. I do it all the time. I re-listen to podcasts and even our own so that I can count out how many times I said, so, um. Or I said so, podcast, um. podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast. Or that's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate you guys so much and we have fun doing this. Yes. And we hope to even get more involved in the community yes. as our time frees up a little bit more. Indeed. Even. Busy month. But it's you know, a busy month. But to piggyback on what you're saying, Angie, the other thing I just noticed, if you have a Amazon, I'm not going to say the wake word so they wake up in your house, but let's <laughs> just say Lexa. 
if you have one of those devices, uh-huh. you can say to it, play the It's All Fine podcast. And it will. It doesn't get the word dandy because it thinks it's dandy. But if you just say... Well, it's going to be in the dictionary one day. Oh, so no. <laughs> when it's in the dictionary and it's an actual word... Nice. But if you go. say, uh, play the It's All Fine podcast, then it will play our podcast. If you have a Google Home device, you have to say, play the It's All Fine and... D-A-N-J-E-E podcast. <laughs> you and have you have to say it, it like that, but it'll work. So that's cool. a really easy way to listen if you've got those things around your house. And just like Angie said, it will pick up right where you left off. I listen on ours all the time of all the different podcasts that I enjoy. Also, remember the contest we posted about a week ago on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Angie. The Kindle fire tablet that we're giving away at the end of this month. We're going to do that live on Facebook and then we'll notify the winner whether you watch it live on Facebook or yeah. not. You'll see that we do it random so there's no favoritism that's being chosen, yeah. but all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, find that post. You need to like it, you need to tag a friend, and you need to share it, and you have to do it in that order because if you share it and then tag a friend, we cannot see that you've done that. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. we want to be able to make sure it's fair and we are, you know, so yeah. go back and do it if you haven't yeah. Done it in the correct order. So it literally takes three minutes. Like, tag, tag share, share. You're done and you're in the contest. And I will tell you, there's pretty good odds it's so far. Yeah. So yeah. check it out. And guys, have a great day. Yes. And always remember that at the end of each and every day, it's, it's all, all fine and dangy. Booty, baby.